0: time to get inspired develop and improve your yoga knowledge in english you listen to your yoga in english a podcast for non-native english-speaking yogis that want to practice or teach yoga worldwide my name is annie the founder of enga unite And here to guide you on your way to become the confident, effective, and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. Now, you may or you may have not heard before of the phrase outdated cues. And that's what I want to speak about today. Outdated cues. Now, first of all, really outdated. What does that mean? So, the word outdated refers to things that are old-fashioned. Now, usually, old-fashioned is a word that describes something that's ancient, something that's antique, something that's obsolete or out of date, stuff that's made in a different age, for example, from materials that we no longer use or materials that we do not longer use for production. Maybe things that are not produced anymore because they found a faster or a more innovative way. So just as production has changes, yeah, production and the way that we consume things, we make advances. We as people do, but language also does. So language is constantly evolving. So, in the past, you may have heard or you may have learned certain cues and they make a lot of sense. Yeah, maybe you even started using them in your own classes. And by now, you've heard them so often that they're just part of your yoga vocabulary and you don't question the words anymore. However, due to social advances, but also research and revision, Some of the cues that you use today are no longer accepted. Instead, this type of language or these cues are called outdated language and are considered ineffective, inappropriate, or inaccurate, non inclusive, or offensive. All right. And I'm going to give you an example for all of these things. So, in this training, I want to help you understand why some cues are no longer safe to use, and how you can recognize similar language to make your cueing in language up-to-date and appropriate. Yeah, that's the aim of this training today. So, now you know that there are cues that are considered ineffective, inaccurate, non-inclusive, or offensive... I'm going to give you an explanation of what those terms mean and what an example is of those, let's call them categories of outdated cues. All right, let's start with number one ineffective. For those that are watching or for those that have joined us later, we're speaking about outdated cues. If you've got questions about this, write them in the comments. All right, write them in the comments. So number one, what really is ineffective when we speak about outdated cues? Ineffective cues are the phrases that you use that do not produce the desired outcome or action that you're trying your students to do or to take. So you can easily recognize these cues because... It happens that your students do not understand you and they look at you to see what they need to do or they look at other people in the room to see, what they, to see what they need to do or they do something completely different than what you said or what you instructed. Does that mean that every time that a student doesn't do what you're trying to ask them to do, that your cueing is ineffective no, that doesn't mean that because there's always exceptions. But when it always happens that your students do something differently, or they look at you, when they look at you to see what they need to do, then it's time to revise your language. Yeah, it's time to revise your language, your verbal guidance, and question, Is this cue truly effective? An example of an ineffective cue is if you need to use a blog, grab it for support. If you need to use a blog, grab it for support. Great intention, right? That's a really great intention because you're trying to make the class accessible for your students. But there's a few things wrong with this phrase already. If you joined last week's training where I spoke about about three words that you do not want to use anymore. You already know that you don't want to use need to. Yeah, that's another thing apart from the phrase. If you did miss it and you want to hear about it, about your training of last week. It's on the Facebook page in the Facebook group and also on the Instagram reel section. So, have a look at that there. Apart from need to, this cue is really unclear. How does your student know if they need to and how does your student know how to use the block? Just explaining that you can use a block for support isn't very helpful because your students also need to know how. So if you're using a queue like this and you want to facilitate your students practice, especially if you want to do this by offering props, it's also necessary to explain how they can use the block, right? So, that's an example of an ineffective cue. Now, then we have inaccurate. Inaccurate. Inaccurate language, especially to when we speak about teaching our statements or beliefs that are false. Yeah, they are false or inexact, incorrect or simply wrong right? Before I explain what inaccurate language is, I want to point out two different things. We all make mistakes, so even when something is wrong or incorrect, it happens. We all make mistakes and we're human, so we don't have the answer to every single question or every single thing that you're teaching. However, also, when I speak about incorrect language, inaccurate language, I do not mean grammar or pronunciation. Yeah, It's not about grammar or pronunciation. Inaccurate language in terms of outdated cues refers to instructional language that due to research and new discoveries needs to be reviewed. And it can be that that information is no longer true, Or that the information has become unreliable. I'm going to give you two examples of some inaccurate cues. Number one, so remember everyone, it's not about pronunciation and it's not about the grammar. It is about the type of information that's no longer true or it has become unreliable. Number one, as an example, is squeeze your elbows into your ribs. Squeeze your elbows into your ribs. Squeeze is a verb that describes the action of firmly pressing and usually with your fingers or with your hands. Doesn't always like that. It's not always like that. But squeezing is a firmly press sensation. When you press your ribs with your elbows, it will most likely causes you to hold your breath, right? And as a yoga teacher, you know that if you want to do a chaturanga, holding your breath might not be very favorable. So, in this case, you don't want to use the word squeeze, but a different verb or a completely different cue. Yeah. So, squeeze your elbows with your ribs isn't a very accurate cue. That's something that you want to revise. Another example could be square your hips no one's hips are square no one's hips are completely square so basically if you're asking someone to square your hips it's inaccurate untrue and also a little bit non-inclusive and i'm gonna go there in a moment so inaccurate are the words the phrases or the instructional language that are no longer true or have become unreliable number three Non-inclusiveness refers to the act of, or the, the failure of including something and someone. Accidentally, this happens a lot. And I'm saying accidentally because often we are not aware that we do this or that this language causes you to exclude something. Even with the best intentions, we really are not aware always of how certain words and how certain phrases are received from people, by people, yes, so depending on the type of conversation, depending on the individual, depending on their culture, depending on their language, some words and phrases are not considered inclusive, especially in yoga, this can be very, very harmful, because non-inclusive language refers to All the language that treats people unfairly, it insults people, or excludes a person from a group or from your class as a whole. So I'm going to give you two examples. Number one is, for example, let's all get ready to get toned for the bikini season or the holiday season, summer season. This puts emphasis on superficial ideas of an ideal body, yeah? Yoga isn't a workout and nor does it intend to tone the body. It's really activating for those that either suffer from or have suffered from negative self-image or body image or maybe even eating disorders of any kind. So telling everyone to get ready for a bikini season or to tone their body can be really 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 harmful. Another example of non-inclusive language can be words that refer and it's really not necessary to speak about hair or the skin color, someone's body, the way someone like their appearance or the characteristics All that language that really describes someone is not necessary in a yoga class and can cause you to exclude people. So pay attention to that and maybe even revise your language or have a look at the recordings of your classes and see if these things have come up for you. Then the last category of the outdated cues that I want to discuss with you are the ones that can be offensive. Now, it can be quite a challenge to recognize what language is offensive and what maybe is part of humor, what is maybe part of a culture. Some of it is extremely obvious, but some of it is also extremely subtle. Yeah, it's a very small or a very fine line with what is offensive and what is not. So, in language, the act of taking offense or feeling offended is caused by an experience of being spoken to or hearing a word or a statement that conflicts with the receiver's experience but also maybe their beliefs of what is right, what is moral and what is acceptable. It can also be linked to an experience or a negative past experience, rather. A negative past experience or a self-belief. And what's being perceived as offensive is extremely personal and influenced by a person's connotations and associations with a word or a phrase. Now, what does all of this mean? Because I'm giving you a lot of description. Basically, offence means that you are in some way or another touched in a negative way and feel as if someone is trying to hurt you, yeah? An example could be if you can't touch your toes, you have to do this variation. If you can't touch your toes, you have to do this variation. Again, if you were here for the training last week, I spoke about why you cannot use can't anymore. Can not. So really, if you're taking ownership of your students and tell them what they can't and can do, and then if they can't do it, you have to, or you must do this variation, you're really trying to forge your own ideas, the teacher's ideas of what is good for them. So, you're taking their ownership, but you're also offending them by really emphasizing on the things that they can't do, and making them feel worthless, or maybe less capable than others, maybe make them feel like they are not as good or enough, yes, so it really emphasizes a negative aspect, which is completely unnecessary in your yoga classes. So. Now that you have an idea of what outdated cues are and how you can recognize them, it's time to also unlearn, especially if you already used them before, if you, if you start have used them in the past. And there are several ways to unlearn them. There are also several ways to replace them. All of these things I teach you in the English for Yoga Teachers course. Yeah, and the English for Yoga Teachers course is a four-month program in which I will help you to optimize all of your language and communication in English so that you can cue and you can teach effectively, but also guide your students in a very authentic and confident way and making sure that everyone feels included in your yoga classes. But... This is what happens in the English for Yoga teacher's course. Today, I want to give you one thing that you can use straight away to help you unlearn using outdated cues. Yeah, one thing that you can do right away. That is, I already mentioned it before. I mentioned it before, but I didn't say it was the trick to unlearning. The one thing that you can do today to unlearn all these outdated cues is focusing on learning connotations and associations. What does that mean? What are the connotations and associations? Connotations are ideas and feelings which a word evokes for a person after its literal or primary meaning. For example, the word skinny has a meaning according to the dictionary, yeah? According to the dictionary, the word skinny has a a meaning already. But we all have our own connotation or association with that word as well. So that word gives a person a certain feeling or emotion or certain thoughts, yeah? So it might make you, if you hear the word skinny, it might make you straight away think of your belly, for example. So a connotation is an idea that we get or a feeling or an emotion that we feel when we hear a certain word. It's very similar to associations, but associations are more individual. Yeah, it's something that we link with a word, but specifically for you personally. For example, if you hear the word blue, it may be that you think of the sky straight away. Yeah, it is really depending on the person. Now, the very first thing that you need to do to cue more effectively, but also inclusively, is by understanding how certain words are perceived by other people or cultures or languages. So, the perception that we have of words is influenced by our individual experiences, but also by a culture and the language that they speak. For example, in Spanish, there are words linked to masculine and feminine. For example, the word gordo or gorda in Spanish is a very cute way to name your partner. It's a very affectionate way to speak to your partner or to call them, for example. Now, gordo or gorda in English translates to fatty. And fatty is super offensive in English. The level of offense, again, depends a little bit on the person and their association with that word. In a yogic setting, however, it's best to avoid all of these types of words altogether because you, as an individual, don't know what those words mean to your students individually. Yeah. So make a list. Of all the words that you're unsure of, of how they are perceived, then use a dictionary to find out what the meaning is of those words and in what types of context these words are used. Maybe even ask a native speaker if you know someone that you can ask. And if you realize that there's a word that's considered outdated and it can be ineffective, inaccurate, non-inclusive or offensive, try to replace it with a synonym or with an alternative so that you do not have to risk excluding or offending anyone in your yoga classes. Yeah. So we spoke about outdated cues and how to unlearn them. And you know now that outdated cues are the words, the phrases, and instructional language that you do not want to use anymore because the information of those words, phrases, or instructional language is now considered either ineffective, inaccurate, non-inclusive, or offensive. Yeah, As we as people evolve, language does too. And that's why as yoga teachers, we need to constantly revise the way that we speak to our students. And the way that we speak to our students starts with the way that you cue and instruct your students. Now, how to unlearn these types of cues is by really asking yourself how could this word, how could this phrase or this cue be perceived? Is it really something that includes everyone? Is it really something That keeps it gender neutral or keeps it neutral in the way of not speaking about the characteristics or appearance. Yeah, ask yourself. And if you forgot all of the things that you can look for in terms of ineffective, inaccurate, non-inclusive or offensive... Have a look at this video again, because I explained all of those terms in a lot more detail and gave you examples per category as well. So you can try and find out if this is the type of language that you use, have used, and how you can replace it. All right, sending you lots of love. Have a great rest of your day. Goodbye, everyone. You listen to Your Yoga in English, brought to you by Enga Unite a unique online learning platform for non-native English-speaking yogis. If you liked what you learned today, I would love for you to leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at Enga Unite. Join the community and become a member of the Teach Yoga in English support group. Check out our continuing education membership that offers you the chance to develop your skills and expertise through self-paced learning and live classes and training. If you want help understanding what you need to improve and create an action plan to achieve the goals that you have for your career as an international yoga teacher, book a free discovery call with me, Annie. You can find all the links in the show notes. This is your time to invest time in your personal and professional development.